0: Well, in just a moment, David, I'm going to invite you to make your way to the podium. And Dave's going to read to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, beginning with the 31st verse. And you Bible scholars will say to yourselves, man, I don't know how many times I've heard that Scripture read. If you're a person who just, you're not much of a Bible scholar, but you're in church quite often, you still might say to yourself, well, there's Jesus with one of his hard sayings again, reminding us that we have to pick up our cross. I've heard that a lot. You've heard that a lot. But what does it really mean in our day and age? Does it mean the same thing now that it meant to them 2,000 years ago? The Gospel of Mark is known by a lot of people as being the headlines. Anybody here ever get it? Do you get an app on your phone? I do. I get Apple News. You hit on Apple News, you hit the app there, and it comes up, and there's just all these headlines. Headlines are there to kind of get your attention, but there's not a whole lot of explanation there. When it comes to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, quite often Mark is referred to as the Gospel of the headlines. He tells us a little bit. Fortunately, we have the other Gospel stories to tell us much more, especially about when Jesus was out teaching. He was preaching. He'd called his disciples, his closest friends, to follow him. And now he was at that stage in Mark where he's kind of telling them, okay, this is what you signed up for. Now I want you to look for a moment at the, the picture up front. It's kind of hard to see from this distance, but a lot of those guys, they've got kind of a, many of them have kind of a half smile on their face. Almost like they're kind of conjuring things up in their minds and they're saying, yeah, yeah, I'm on it. I'm into this. I signed up. This is exactly what I want to do with my life. I'm on it, Jesus. I left everything to follow you. Now let's go. I think they're still kind of in that place where they're excited. We've all been there. Something new, something exciting, and we're like, I'm on it. I'm ready to participate in this no matter what. And then Jesus Let's them have it with a reality check. Today, this is about a reality check, my friends, not only for Jesus' favorite and disciples' friends and the others that he talked to, but for us. Dave, would you read to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, beginning with the 31st verse, please?
1: Thank you, Pastor. Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. and forfeit their life. Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man, will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you,
0: David. Well done. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable to You, our Rock and our Redeemer. You know, it never fails. Every Sunday morning, even though I've picked out a piece of Scripture and I've looked at it carefully from every angle that I could possibly think of, every Sunday morning when someone reads it again, I still see something that I didn't quite notice before. Let me point this out to you and then we're going to get going. I'll only take a minute. Then he began to teach them, the disciples, that the Son of Man, that's a name for him, but that's a different sermon, that's a name for him, Jesus, must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days, come back to life. He said this quite openly, but Peter wanted to argue about it. So he looked at Peter and said, dude, get a life. Here's what I wanted you to see. The top of the, of the slide. Then he called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. In other words, carrying a cross, doing the work of the Lord uh, as King Josiah did. We studied that in Sunday school today. God calls All of us, not just the choir, not just Pastor Mike, and not just the leaders, the elected leaders of the church. The Bible says after he talked to the leaders, he called the crowd. He called the crowd, and he said to them, By the way, if you think you're getting out of this, you're not. You need to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. I wonder how many of them after seeing him heal people and teach and feed thousands of people and, 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 and Mark cast out demons and change everyone's life like forever, like a major change. I wonder how many of them went, oh. what is he talking about? You have got to be kidding me. And I realize that that's a lot to hit people with so quickly. On a Sunday morning, I work on the sermon for a long time. I start about with a tiny little kernel months in advance. And then I tweak it and tweak it a lot really early on a Sunday morning. And one of the first things I do, hear me, I want your attention. One of the first things I do is I try to imagine what's on your mind as you're walking in this room. I haven't quite figured you out yet, Doreen. Oh, oh. Her husband, Don, for how many years? 60 years? 65 65 years. He said to me, you won't figure her out either. (laughs) But I really do. You know, it's clear that Jesus meets people where they're at. In my mind, I don't care who you are, he'll meet you where you're at. He won't leave you there, but he'll meet you where you're at. So I try to do that for you on a Sunday morning as well. And uh, let me just just throw out a couple things for a second. Right now, there are some of us, we walked in the room here, and we might be thinking about, well, it's another Sunday morning in the desert southwest, and uh, we're kind of on the edge of February and March. I don't know how many of you that that was on your mind the moment you woke up today. But for some, I believe you're thinking about, well, it's kind of a long February, And we're going to be headed into March real soon. Why is that so good? Because it's the desert southwest, my friends. It is the beautiful desert southwest. I said to Wendy this morning, well, I kind of asked her. I said, babe, tell me about the weather today. I was hoping it would not be like it was yesterday. Okay? Kind of rainy and cold and dreary and cloudy and everything because I'd already put that slide in there. I wanted to to just kind of touch on on your feelings for a minute about the fact that one of the reasons we're all in the desert southwest is because it's so beautiful out. It's nice, 75 degrees, sunny. It's a beautiful place to be. And I'm thinking that maybe the disciples, God's followers, His closest friends who had signed up with their lives, I'm thinking they were at that point, you know, Life is good. We're following Jesus. We kind of like this dude. Our dad was kind of a taskmaster when he had us in the boat and we were fishing. He was always telling us what to do. I kind of like this Jesus dude. He heals people, and he loves them, and he he casts out demons, and he feeds thousands of people with just a wave of his hand. Wow, I think I'm really going to like this. And then, Boom. Oh, wrong slide. And then, that was part of the other slides for announcements. Sorry about that. And then, boom, he does what I call a hard-hitting quote from Jesus of Nazareth. Everything else was going great, Don. It was all going fine. Then he had to start talking about the cross and stuff. And Peter... Peter was always kind of the spokesman for everyone else. There's somebody in here who's kind of the spokesman for everyone else, okay? And Peter was that man, and he said, you know what? Dude, you got it all wrong. I'm sorry. This is not what I signed up for, and this is not your job. That was Peter. I'm sorry, Jesus. You are misunderstanding your job here. Je- Jesus said to them, and he said to the whole crowd, if any want to become my followers, Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. Remember, the cross was an instrument of death back in biblical times, and the Romans were experts at it. They actually hung people on the side of the road. They loved it. You know why? It was called control. They were able to control people. You get out of line, you get hung. You get hung, you suffocate. You suffocate, you die, and you're not in our hair anymore. It was that simple. And this is what Jesus was telling his friends. By the way, if you're going to follow me and be a part of the team here, you need to just grab a cross and follow me, and we'll all go get killed together. That's the way they read it. That's the way they heard it. But he says, no, do it for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. And if you do those things, you will save your life. Let me put a quick pause on that. I think everyone in this room, I think we all know the difference. We talked about it last week. The difference between feeling deserving and feeling like, no, not feeling, but serving. Feeling like we deserve everything we've, we've got and that we deserve more or the feeling of serving. Most people I know that have a head on their shoulders know the difference. When I feel deserving I'm, I'm a jerk. I am it's all about me when I'm serving, it's all about God and love and sharing that love with all of you. That's what Jesus meant by saving it. Isn't it a much better feeling? It was Paige. It was Paige who told me this morning we were talking about how you know how we figure out. How do we do the right thing? And she said, cause and effect. You do the wrong thing enough, you get in trouble. You don't do it anymore. I said, do you feel better when you don't get in trouble? Oh, yeah, Pastor Mike, I do. Isn't it really basic? And picking up Jesus' cross is just as basic as that. People for years have been putting up crosses for different reasons. Mostly it's just to remind them and others who Jesus is and why He died for our sins. And a lot of people do this. I've got a cross in my hand. Pastor John, you've got one like this. I gave it to you a couple years ago from our bishop. I did. You know? It's a reminder. And by the way, there was that Lent, which is about to begin Wednesday. Lent is that time where we have reminders in our life that it's time to pick up that cross and follow Jesus uh, and, by the way, I know not, not everybody in here loves tattoos, but I like that tat myself. This guy on the right, well, I don't know, maybe he wasn't tough enough to get a tattoo. Some of you know that one of my dreams in retirement, if I can afford it, is to get my whole left arm tattooed. <gasps> I know, isn't that terrible? I can't wait. Sarah, I was thinking about having a special collection. They're telling me it's going to cost me (laughs) $1,000. Or, come on, somebody help me out. Get over it, Pastor Mike. It's a waste of money. Get over it. No, that's what Wendy said. Should I get over it, babe? Uh, Yeah? Yeah? But I deserve it, don't I? Or should I be thinking about taking up a cross and following Jesus Peter was the spokesmer- The spokesperson. He knew doggone well that that's not what he was taught when he was a kid. He knew that. He knew that somehow this Jesus that he loved so much is somehow misunderstanding his job description. That's not what he was called to do. And Peter took him aside, and he began to rebuke him. I looked up rebuke. It means to talk um, severely to someone, to criticize them, and to admonish them. Think about that. Here's Peter talking severely, criticizing and admonishing Jesus for for what he is saying. Guy's got more guts than I thought he had. Really? That's exactly what that means. William Barclay. Anybody here familiar with William Barclay? Just a real scholar over the many years. William Barclay. This is what he wrote. When... When connected, when Jesus connected Messiahship, being God's Savior who was sent to the world, when He connected it with suffering and death, He was making what were to the disciples statements which were incredible and incomprehensible. All their lives, the disciples thought of the Messiah in terms of, look at this, irresistible conquest. And they were now being presented with an idea That staggered them. It staggered them. Which is why Peter so violently and severely protested. My friends, that's kind of the historical background. I don't know a great number of people that can't wait to pick up their cross. They exist even in this room. There's not a whole lot of people that look forward to picking up their cross. As a matter of fact, they'd rather be the guy on the left who's got little rollers on the bottom. I have days when I intentionally grab the one on the right and trudge up a hill, and I, and I tell you all about it too. I'd rather more often that it had rollers on it be easier, wouldn't it? I'm going to be brief with this because we need to keep moving here. Uh, Back in 2009, 11 years ago, Wendy and I went to downtown Seoul. We were meeting our Korean son there. He was waiting for us when we got there. Jay, by the way, is in seminary right now. uh, He's learning how to be a a, a Baptist um, city preacher. He is. I don't know if he's going to be like this guy, but we were walking around downtown Seoul, and this dude is carrying this banner. And he's got these speakers. He's got a big battery. You can, you might be able to see it sticking out from the, the, the banner there as well. And he's preaching. He's got a microphone right here. Wendy and I didn't understand a word he said. He was speaking South Korean. So Jay was our interpreter. And it was basically what we just read. Deny yourself and pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. Believe in him and love him. Believe in Him. Love Him. Accept who He is and what He's done for us. And give ourselves over to picking up our own cross so that we might be with Him as well. Not in heaven way far off, but right here. Right here and now. That For that man in particular, I can only say, Sally, where are you? For that man, that was his lane. He was standing in his lane there. That dude was convinced that for his cross... He needed to pick that up and go out into downtown Seoul and be the preacher. Speaking of the preacher, I get to tell you what my criteria is for the cross we're called to carry. I'm not saying that everybody in this room would agree with me, and you don't have to, but since I'm the guy with the microphone, I get to tell you. People have wondered for years what is this cross? What does it look like? What do you mean, pick up your cross? This is Pastor Mike's criteria for the cross Jesus calls each one of us to carry. Number one, it has to be initiated by God. You might be saying to yourself, well, God hasn't told me yet. Well, ask Him. Honestly, ask Him. Pray about it. God, what would you have me do? I know the Bible calls it a cross, but what is it for me? What is it you want me to do? Number two. The cross we pick up and carry must bring honor and glory to God. Jesus said, if you're going to do it, do it for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. Don't do it to be recognized. Don't do it so that other people are looking at you going, whoa, is that person committed and are they dedicated? That's a fine line that a lot of us church leaders, that's a fine line that's hard to walk sometimes. It must be for the glory of God. And honor of God. And it must bring you ever closer to Christ. If you think you're carrying a cross and it's not getting us closer to Christ, then that's not the right cross for you. Four, people often forget this. It must bring you into harmony with the world around you. Loving God, what are the great commandments? Loving God, loving neighbor. Loving God loving neighbor. It must bring you into harmony with the world around you. And this one I listen, I just I kind of knew this um and one of you helped me out with it. I believe the cross that we carry is unique. Ivy, your cross is way different than mine. Way different than mine. We're different people. We have different talents. We have different uh, lives of people around us. We work different places. We have different types of families. Our cross has to be unique. Someone asked me once, What does that mean? And one of you really helped me out with this. You were reading a daily devotional that morning prayer time, and it was about this very same thing about, Well, what does God want me to do? And the title of it was, Hear Me Now. I love this image. I do anyway. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. I don't know. Anybody here been up on I 40? coming across, I guess you'd be headed west, I-40, from California into Arizona. There's a lane there. It's like two miles long. Anybody, anybody ever been on that? Wendy and I are the only ones? Donna? Yeah? huh Even if you're pulling a rig, okay, you got to stay in that lane. You can't get out of the lane. Why? I don't know. That's another sermon. I don't know. But you have to stay in the lane. I don't know if there's somebody in a helicopter, and they're going to Pull you over or what? But you have to stay in your lane. Dylan, the cross that Jesus is working up and creating for you to carry is just for you. Dude, it's just for you. Yeah, Paul, it's just for you. Laurie, it's just for you. I don't know what it is. That's between you and the Lord. It is. Yeah, Jesus will help us. And he'll help us stay in our lane too. We don't have to to carry it. I ran out of the room on the slides. We don't carry it alone. We not only get help from Jesus to carry it, but we get help from guess who? Person on your left, person on your right, person in front of you, person behind you. That's why the Apostle Paul said, never fail to be a part of an assembly never fail to be a part of a body he knew that we needed each other as well to carry that cross as well by the way we're almost done this is how we started our day i want you to look at it help us oh god help us to understand the cross that we must carry we welcome your guidance did you pray that i heard you we welcome your guidance and direction as we worship you today We welcome Your guidance today as You teach us, lead us, guide us, and empower us to stay in our lane. Because You know the cross purposes, the purpose of the cross in our life. And we need You, O God, to be the one to initiate it, to teach us, and to lead us. Wendy and I have been talking a lot about retirement. And one of the things that we've been talking about is, are we going to be in ministry? Or are we just going to go out on Tuesday morning and love people the way God would want us to love them? By the way, I'm talking about Bob Goff again, Bob Goff's daily devotional. He says, love already has a name. For some reason, I just don't picture Jesus running all over the place going, I'm in ministry, I'm in ministry, I'm in ministry. Who can I minister to? I love it, it's so basic. Bob Goff says, just go out there and say, hey, it's Tuesday, there's somebody to love. Hey, it's Wednesday. Hey, it's Sunday morning, there's somebody who has a need. There's somebody to love. He says, love already has a name. Obviously, there's something going on with him as to why he wrote that. I don't know what it is, but it's speaking really loud to me right now. Why is that important? Because that's what I hear God calling me to do in my retirement. That's what I hear Him saying to me about the cross. I don't know what it's going to look like for sure, but I think it's just going to be there every day. Every day it's going to be there. Just go out and love somebody. Just go out and care for them. You know, eventually... In the midst of that relationship, they'll learn about Jesus because they're going to want to know what's what's going on with you. Just go out today. Want your take home? Just go out today. And just because it's Sunday, go love somebody. Go care for them. Lent's coming up. Actually, Wednesday. we got a head start on it. We're going to be mentioning this again. What's that cross look like? And remember... When it comes to our cross, I believe we need to stay in our lane. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we do give you thanks. We do give you thanks for even challenging stories and oh how your, your disciples, they were even challenged. Help us to receive this challenge not with a burden or a heaviness about it. Help us to receive the challenge to take up our cross as an opportunity for joy for happiness, for hope, for grace, forgiveness and blessing, and as an opportunity to just go out and love somebody. It's in the name of Christ our Lord that we pray. Amen.